drove all the way from Frisco this morning. So, and we're glad you're here as well, wherever you came from. Amen. And I believe that God has a powerful word for us this morning. And I want to preach something that I, I, I preached in Africa. I just got back from, <clears throat> excuse me, preaching our conference in Africa. And, and uh, for those that haven't been here since I got back, uh, God is really moving in Kenya, in our churches there. Um, we have about 10, I think, churches in Kenya. And they're growing and they're strong. And those are our churches. Amen. We support them. We help buy that land over there uh, as a church. So don't ever forget that, that our, we're a worldwide church. And um, I just want to greet, greet you from them. And they all said, many of them said to say hi to this congregation. And um, God really, really moved, but he really moved in me and, and gave me something that was, that was supernatural for me. How many know that the more you read the Bible, the more you find out that it doesn't change, but God gives new revelation? Maybe you've been saved 5, 10, 15, 20 years and above and you've read the Bible a bunch of times, and you've heard the stories, and, and they've, they've said something to you, but now you heard it again, you read something, and it's like, I have never seen that before. It was, it was life-changing. And so I got a revelation on my way from Dallas to Dubai, which, as I've joked about a lot, it was plenty of time to get a revelation, amen, 15 hours on that plane. Somewhere along the way, I realized, uh, talking to someone after the first service, I think the reason I got this download is I was real close to the home office. I had good Wi-Fi up there, amen? And, and I kind of use that as an example in Africa of the download. I feel like it's, that's something we can understand in this day and age we live in, right? So you get a download from the Holy Spirit, and I pray that as I give this to you, that it will come from me from God through me to you, and you'll get a download as well. And I really believe if you'll grab it and get it by the help of the Holy Spirit, it will change your life. It really will. And so I want to read John chapter 14, uh, verse 12. Sorry, start verse, verse 10. We're going to start there. I'm going to be just in a few different places of Scripture, but I really, really want to show you something powerful. Verse 10 says, it's Jesus speaking. He says, do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Amen. Jesus was not speaking at this time as, as God. He was speaking as the man God. Amen. Jesus Christ in the flesh. And he was showing the authority of the Godhead. And he said, I'm not speaking these words as a human being. I'm speaking them through the authority of God. And he says, but the Father dwells in me, and he does the works. So I want you to write two words down if you're a note taker this morning. I want you to write down the word believe, and I want you to write down the word works. And I want you to think about those two words that are very important. So Jesus is preaching here. He's telling his disciples, and he's asking a question that's very interesting to me. He says, do you not believe? And this is a big part that we have to understand this morning. If we're saved, if you're here born again and your name is in the Lamb's book of life and you have been redeemed and forgiven of your sins and, and you're a new creation like I am, you are that person not because you came to church. You are that person not because you have a Bible in your hand. You are that person not because you can quote scripture or have a membership to a church. You are that person this morning because you believed in who Jesus is and what Jesus did for you on the cross. Amen. That is what gave you your salvation. How many believe that this morning, that Jesus came down and became flesh for us and died on the cross for our sins? And because we believe that, then we're saved. And so he's saying, uh, but you don't believe. This is one of the, the, the interesting things about Jesus is we're seeing God in the flesh on the earth doing works, doing miracles, doing signs and wonders, and yet people still didn't believe. Watch what it goes on to say in verse 11. Believe in me, or believe, sorry, me, that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the, work, the sake of the works themselves. So we see the word works again. And he's saying, if you don't want to believe me what I say, he says, believe what you see me do. Believe what you see me do. And so he puts an emphasis here on works. 
Now, just to make this clear, to understand where we're going, I'm not preaching a message that we know this morning we are not saved by works. There is nothing, and I'll get to that a little bit later, nothing we can do to be good enough to be saved. But Jesus is putting an emphasis on this word works. And it's important that we hear that word. Now, let's continue to read. Verse 12, this is the key verse. Many of you have heard this. He says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Is that, is that, does that blow anybody else in here away that, that God that flung the stars in the sky, that said, let there be light, and poof, there was light, that created this whole world, is telling me in this scripture that the works that he did, I can do also? Does that blow anybody else away? Does that, does that make you go, how? The works that you did. It sounds ludicrous. It sounds crazy. It's that he would say, the works I do, you can do them also. But he even goes on to say something crazier, if God can say something crazier. He says in the next part of this verse, he says, and greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. So if you're taking notes, the sermon this morning is greater works. Now, here's the thing, though. When we hear that greater works, this is where I was for 25 years. You can almost read these scriptures. I have seen God do many things over the years in, in, in my life personally. I've seen miracles. I've seen supernatural things happen. And I don't, I'm not going to go into those this morning. Many, 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 too many, so many I've forgotten, honestly. For God's glory, I've seen God do lots of miracles. I've seen lots of people be uh, delivered from, from drugs and addictions. I've seen lots of, 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 of signs and wonders from God. And all the time that I used to read this verse and actually preach this message, I had the understanding in my mind that Jesus was telling me that I could do greater works. When you begin to think about the greater works of Jesus, he healed blind people. He got people up from their, from their beds that could not walk. He raised Lazarus from the dead after four days. He stinked. He stinketh, the Bible said, after four days. Amen? He was dead, dead. He did all these amazing, he walked on water and didn't fall in. Peter fell in. Jesus never fell. He did all these miracles, and I began to think, I've thought all these years, God, I'm, I must not be the person you want me to be. I must lack faith. I must not have enough faith. Even though I feel like I have faith, how come I haven't seen somebody like raised from the dead? How come I haven't seen uh, all the blind eyes I've prayed for open? How come I haven't seen all the deaf ears? You tell me here that I can do greater works. How come I'm not seeing them? Here's why. Because we're putting an emphasis on the wrong work. We're putting an emphasis on the wrong work. Okay? I want, you, I want to make a statement. I was talking to our, our, our guitarist after the first service, and he said, I, I almost lost you there for a second on this point. I'm going to lose a few of you just for a second. Jesus on this earth was limited. He was limited. Now, that might throw some of y'all for a loop in your doctrine and your theology. He was limited. What do you mean he was limited? I thought the Bible said that there's nothing God cannot do. That there, 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 nothing's impossible for him. I'm going to show you in the scriptures that he was limited, and I'm going to make this clear right now so I can continue on what the greater work is. The greater work that we can do today, right now, on this earth, since for the last 2,000 years, that Jesus could not do is he could not get people to believe in him. He could not get people saved like we do. He said in his great commission, go and preach the gospel to all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, 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 these, and then he says in Mark, these signs will follow, follow the preaching. So the Bible is telling us here, that, and you, I know some of you are kind of like, whoa, wait a minute, what are you saying? I'll, I'll explain it, okay? But I want you to understand that when we think about greater works, there is something that you and I can do that Jesus could not do, and it is salvation. 
What do you mean Jesus couldn't save us? Jesus died on the cross for our sins. I'm going to show you that God allowed us because he said in these scriptures, he said, he said, I'm here. I want you to go over, if you would, to John chapter 14. Or sorry, John chapter 16. Watch this. Watch what Jesus says in his own words. Also, the Bible tells us in Genesis and teaches us that God has given us authority. How many understand that on this earth, God has given us authority? There was a, this was so amazing when I was in Africa, and Kristen and I were blessed to be able to go on this safari, which was a once-in-a-lifetime adventure, and honestly, it was, that was all I'd want to go anyways. It was enough. But we were on this safari in the middle of Africa, near the Serengeti, in this place that everybody goes for safaris, and, and we're out there with these wild animals, and lions are coming by the car with no door, no windows, and they're walking by us where I could literally stick my hand off if I was stupid and touch them, amen? But I'm trying to think, I'm in my mind, I'm like, God, how in the, I could not wrap my mind around how in the world 17 lions went by us and not one of them wanted to eat me. I'm serious. I could not, I, I, I was, and at one point I filmed behind because I was at the back of the truck and again, no doors, like nothing there. I, I turned around and started to film through the window and one of the lions came back and in my video it cuts off and I'm like, hey, the dude's coming back. I'm, I'm shouting at the guy in the front, you know, and then come to, come to find out he was just waiting on another lion. I could not grasp in my mind how in the world these lions don't just jump up and eat me. I, I, I think I make some pretty good food. Amen. I'm, pretty good, I'm a pretty good steak. And I couldn't grasp it. So come to find out in, a, in another part of that is that, that they, they don't see me. They see the truck, which looks like a humongous animal. And they respect the fact that it's bigger than them. So that's really why they don't. But this lady said something so powerful to me because we had an atheist on the bus, on the, on the truck with us. And we were witnessing to this guy the whole time we were there. And, I, and we're trying to be respectful. You know, when you're with an atheist and, and you're out in the middle of nowhere and you see a zebra. You know, with me? How do you see a zebra not believe in God? Like, how, who put the lines on that, on that zebra? You know what I mean? And so anyways, uh, we're out there with this atheist. We're witnessing to him and, 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 um, this lady says something so powerful. She says the, way, the reason that lions don't attack human beings, and this is so cool, and I don't believe, she was not a believer. She said that the animal kingdom recognizes that man is over them. And Genesis says that God would give us dominion over the animals. That's a scientific fact. She said the animals recognize. That lion could tear me to pieces. And I won't go into why people get eaten by lions because that's another story. And I don't have time for it. But I'm saying this because God gave us authority on this earth. He gave us authority. And the greatest work that we can possibly have in our lives is the unimaginable, unbelievable, super awesome fact that I personally can take somebody who does not have salvation and give them salvation through the word of Jesus Christ. And they can be changed and saved and born again because of the work of the Holy Spirit working through me into their lives. It's the greatest work that will ever be done. That's when he, when he said you'll do greater works, he was talking about salvation. Watch what John 16 says. Verse 5. Now I go, to, I go away to him who sent me. He's talking to the Father. And none of you asked me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Look at verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. There was a work that Jesus, even though he said it is finished, the work of salvation, the work of the Bible, the work of the gospel plan was not finished until the Holy Spirit came down on this earth. The Holy Spirit could not come down on this earth until Jesus went up to the heavens and, and, and finished the work. Amen? And so when he sent that Holy Spirit down on the day of Pentecost, he, he baptized us with power 
so that we could be witnesses and we could go and get people that are atheists and people who don't believe in God or don't, don't want to believe in God or people who are bound on drugs or alcohol or in gangs or all kinds of things can be saved and delivered and set free through this vessel, a human being, and it's something Jesus could not do because he was limited. He didn't have the, he didn't have the fullness yet of the, because he was in the flesh, and he was saying, I'm going to give you a greater work than I've ever done. You're going to lead people to me. You ever wonder why Jesus did it the way he did it? Because he wants to use us to do greater works. Are you seeing this? Watch what, watch what he goes on to see, though. This is, you, you, you haven't seen the best part. He says, if I don't go, helper can't come. If I depart, I'll send him to you. But watch verse 8. And when he has come, he, who's he? The Holy Spirit, will convict the world of sin. He, the Holy Spirit, will convict the world of sin. And righteousness and of judgment. And of sin. Watch this. Watch what Jesus says. Because they do not believe in me. That's Jesus saying that. God himself could not get them to believe in him. Are you all with me? I hope right now you're getting on the train. You might have been sitting there thinking, I don't know if this is the right train. Now I hope you're getting on because I want to take you somewhere. How many are following me? They, won't, they, 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 they wouldn't believe it. They don't believe in me. And I'm going to show you something else in a second. Let's go ahead and go there before I forget because I don't have any notes I mentioned this when I was in Africa. Go to John chapter 7. I mentioned this when I was in Africa. I was literally getting this message as I was preaching it. I told him, how many like fresh bread? You like to get fresh food? I was like, this is the freshest food you're ever going to get. Because I was getting it as I was giving it to him. Amen? And today I'm, giving some, I'm getting some stuff too. There's nothing better than the Holy Spirit just downloading it as you're getting it. Amen? It's nice and fresh. How many like that really, really fresh bread and put some butter on it? We shouldn't be talking like that right now because we're fasting. Amen. We're in 21 days of fasting and praying, by the way. And so it's sometimes I like to just talk about it because I can't have it. Amen. So I'm going to get to this in a second. Someone remind me, John chapter 7, if I forget. But I want to tell you a quick story. In this place, Dwayne mentioned at, at, at prayer his testimony. There's testimonies all over this congregation. Jesse's back there, 15 years of meth addict. And totally delivered and saved. Dwayne, alcoholic, totally delivered and saved. Laura, alcoholic, ex, totally delivered and saved. I could go around. Nestor right there, gangbanger, selling drugs, totally delivered. I, all, I could go on and on all throughout the place. Testimony, testimony, testimony. All, PS, PTSD, totally delivered. All these things happen because we're doing a greater work. We're doing a greater work than Jesus could do. Because he hadn't gone to the Father yet. And the emphasis that's wrong today in the church, and I'm guilty of this myself for many years, not that I have not always believed in salvation, any, that, that's the most important, because anybody that knows me, that's my core, salvation, getting people saved, souls. But I would be discouraged when I wasn't seeing the works that I wanted to see. There's going to be times when you pray for somebody, and they're, and they're sick, and they don't get healed. You know, you know, last night, for example, we heard Carmen's testimony. He was healed of that, of that cancer. There's lots of Christians. My uncle's one of them. My uncle went to be with the Lord a few weeks ago. He didn't, he didn't get healed. Now, in certain, some people, well, he died. There's, I'm, not, I'm not trying to get into that. Point is, he, he would rather be here than over there. With, he'd rather be with his wife before he died. Now that he's in heaven, he's, he doesn't want to come back. I promise you that. But how many get what I'm saying? We, we put emphasis on miracles and, and, and signs and, and people being healed. That's not the greatest miracle. It's not the greatest miracle. Because how many people get, get delivered of something? How many people did Jesus heal and they walked away whole and went back to their old life? And they go to hell. Jesus said in his own words, he said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? He also said, what good does it do to enter into hell, uh, to, into hell whole? He says it's better to cut off your arm if it causes you to sin or pluck out your eye if it causes you to sin. It's better in, to enter into heaven maimed than to hell whole. 
So what he's saying is we put too much emphasis on a miracle or a sign or a wonder if that miracle, that sign, or that wonder is not somebody being saved from their sin and forgiven and coming into the kingdom of heaven, coming out of darkness, the Bible says, and coming into light. That's the greatest miracle. There was a a guy in Costa Rica that I ended up visiting in prison. His name was Rudy. His wife came up to me one service, and she said, I want you to visit my husband. A few of you have heard this story. Many of you have not. And so I said, okay, I'll visit him. I was always looking for opportunities to do ministry. I said, I'll go visit him. And so she she just wrote his name down, Rudy Wagon Bonilla. And I took the piece of paper with me, drove about a half an hour to the the prison, and got there and, and went up to the gate. And I was all missionary-minded, hey, man, I was excited to go reach this guy and talk to this guy. Didn't know who I was going to visit. And so I give the guys the paper, and they said, you want to go see him? And I said, yeah, that's Rudy. They're like, no, you don't. You don't want to go see this guy. And I said, yeah, I do. And and they said, okay. So they let me through. And I went into another gate, and and I gave the piece of paper to him again. And this this guard says, Rudy Wagonbonilla, you want to visit him? And I'm like, and, you know, I'm starting to think, why they keep asking me this question, you know? And they're like, and the guy goes, well, this guy here, he's escaped from this prison before. And, and the same guy, and he says, see that tower over there? At one point, he escaped from prison and got up from his cell, got up on that tower and was going to kill himself. He's been on the news. I'm like, oh, nice. You still want to visit him? I'm like, yeah, I still want to visit him. I literally went to like three or four gates, and every gate I went to, they told me a Charles Manson story. For about this guy. I'm literally thinking by the time I get there, I'm going to visit Charles Manson, Costa Rican Charles Manson. I mean, it kept telling me, you don't want to visit this guy. You don't want to visit this guy. So I finally get in there, and honestly, I didn't want to visit the guy. Amen? I'm already too far in. Just being real. My flesh was like, I want to go. My spirit's like, you can do it. Amen? How many know what that is, right? You can do it. And your flesh is like, no, I can't. And guess who won? Spirit. Amen. Flesh is willing. Spirit. Spirit's willing. Flesh is weak. I finally got to the last gate. And they, they, the same thing, whole story. Yes, I want to, I, found, I was like ahead of them by the end. Yes, I want to visit them. Yes, 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 yes. Just go get them. They go get the guy. They bring him shackled hands and feet, walking in. And here in the United States of America, when you visit someone in prison, you have some glass between you. It's a beautiful thing, that glass. It's, a, it's very nice. Not for the person inside, but for the person visiting. Especially if it's not a family member. And so they put me in a room and walk this and sit me at a desk and walk Charles Manson in and sit him in front of me and leave. He's still chained up, but we're in the room by ourselves. I'm thinking, what are y'all doing? And I said, hey, as he goes out the door and he comes back, I said, where are you going? He's like, I'll be right outside. It's fine. I'm like, okay. One hour visit with this dude. Oh, Cassie's not in here right now, is she? She had the perfect hair. She, the, he had hair like Cassie. Her, it was like real long. It looked like a lion almost and came like this. He stared at me for an hour. I talked to him. I witnessed to him. I said everything the Holy Spirit could, I could think of. He never said a word to me. He just looked at me like he wanted to kill me. Honestly, he, I'm not making that up. He just stared at me with demonic eyes. And I'm telling you, that that one hour seemed like that 15-hour flight to Dubai. Amen. It was long. It was like I kept looking at my watch, and finally the hour was over, and I was like, thank God. And they took him out, and I went out, and I sang, never coming back to this dude again. Well, guess what? I get a call from him like the next Tuesday. And I answer, and I don't know, you know, I know the number. Hello. He says, Pastor. I'm like, who is this? Because I hadn't heard his voice. He's like, this is Rudy. I'm like, oh, Hey, Rudy, nice to hear your voice. It would have been nice to hear your voice in that hour-long visitation I had with you. He says, can you come see me again? And I'm thinking, oh, this dude's going to kill me now. I mean, really, hold on a second. I put my phone down, act like I was looking at my schedule. Have you ever done that? (laughs) Man, I'm really busy for the next couple weeks. I don't think I can make it. Okay. And the guy kept calling and calling, and guess what? I finally had to go back. So I went back to visit him again. And this time when he came in, oh, I failed to mention, because I don't remember if it was the first or second visit, he literally had 
and I have some pictures in my office. I should have got them out. He literally had cuts from his wrist to his shoulders. He looked, his arms looked like grated cheese from cutting himself his entire life. When they arrested this man, they, I heard him from him later and, and, the, and the police. They, he was in an area of our church. They blocked off an entire block of the neighborhood with the SWAT team to go in and get this guy. And when they arrested him, he was chained to his bed. It was the only way his family could control him. And when I visited him, he was doing 39 years in prison. And so uh, I found all that out later. So the second time I start to visit him, I start to speak to him. Again, the Holy Spirit speaking through me. And now that I'm looking back, I was doing the greatest work I could ever do. I was doing a greater work than Jesus did. I was able to speak God's word through the power of the Holy Spirit to this man. And this man broke on that second visit. He broke. And he, his face changed. And he said, I want that Jesus. And he got saved. And he gave his life to the Lord. Amen. Got saved. I mean, radically saved. And, and I, that started two years of visiting him. I was very sad when I left Costa Rica, and I left, as a matter of fact, I left it to Pastor Mario, and Pastor Landon knows, Pastor Mario went in and started visiting him after, and I discipled him for two years. I say all that to say this, that, that thing that I did for God's glory was the greatest work that there is. I was able to do something, if you think about it, if you stop and think about it, God is telling us that I want to use you to influence somebody in a way that when I was on this earth, I could not do. Are y'all catching that? He said right there in the word, they don't believe in me. Now watch this. This is even crazier. Look at John chapter 7. How many are still here? John chapter 7. He's coming off the Feast of Tabernacles. And verse 3 says, his brothers... Therefore, now, I, I chased this rabbit in the first service. I chased this rabbit in Africa. I'm just going to chase it real quick. I don't say this disrespectfully. You know, when we believe something, we need to believe it according to the word of God. Okay. Not what man says or what man teaches. There, there, there is, there's a religion that teaches that Mary is still a virgin. I say that with all respect. She's not a virgin anymore. Jesus had brothers. We, we need to understand when we believe something, we believe according to God's word. And so I'm just, just throwing that out there because there's a lot of people who, have, who believe, in, and I'm going to get to that in one second, a lot of different religions, a lot of different beliefs, things that people have told them. It doesn't make you, it doesn't make you dumb. It just makes you ignorant to the truth. We all have to find out the truth. The Bible says the truth will set you free. When you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And so she, he, Jesus had brothers. He was the firstborn. And then Mary had other sons. And so this is not a, a brother in Christ. This is a brother physically. He says, his brothers therefore said to him, depart from here and go into Judea that your disciples may see the works that you are doing. That sounds good, right? Sounds like the brothers are cheering him on. But watch what he says in four. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly if... You do these things. If, Jesus, the brothers say, if you're able to do these things, show yourself to the world. Now go back up to three and look at the middle. What did he say? He, the brother said that your disciples. He didn't say our disciples. They weren't putting him, they weren't putting themselves on Jesus' team. They said your disciples. How many have ever had somebody say that's your religion? That's what you believe. And they point at you and say, that's your thoughts and that's your belief. Those brothers were saying, that's your religion. We don't believe it. That's your belief. That's what you think. And, and when you start to think about other religions, when there's a lot of religions, it's only one truth. When you begin to think about all these different religions, they all say they have the truth. Everybody thinks they're right. How many know there can't be two rights? Can only be one right, one original. And Jesus is 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 God. He's revealing himself to his brothers. His brothers aren't getting it, and so they're saying, "You're, you're, you're." Listen, here's what I say. This is my favorite thing to say to people when I'm witnessing to them. 
when you get past all the fluff of everything everybody wants to talk about, get to death. Because you're gonna do you're gonna pay taxes and you're gonna die. Those are two things that are for sure in life. Get them to think about eternity. Get them to think about where they're going to spend eternity and get them to think about what they're going to say to a God, whether they believe in him or not, because they're going to believe in him when they see him. Get them to think about where they're going to spend eternity. And I always tell people, in the history of the world, there is only one person Carmen said it last night, Hare Krishna, Muhammad, there's tons of, of gods. There's Hindus, have 80, Indians have 80 million gods. There's millions, so I shouldn't even say tons. Millions of gods. But there's only one person in the history of the world who has gone to the other side of eternity and come back. One. I'm going with that guy. How many are going with that guy? The one who says, he who believes in me, though he were dead, he shall live. I'm preaching better than you're shouting. That's okay, though. I know you're tired from something. Amen. Uh, how, many, how many get what I said? None of these other gods have said, I've been there. I've been to the grave, and I defeated it. They all left last statements, and none of them were, I'm going to rise again. None of them. I could read them to you. They say, find this, find this, search this, search that. None of them except Jesus said, hey, by the way, I'm going to die and I'm going to come back. And not only did he say it, he did it. And not only did he do it, 500 people saw him. And it's the most verifiable event in human history, church. Jesus is alive. He's risen from the dead. And now he's saying, tell people that because that's what matters is that people get saved. That people know that I came back from the other side. So when you're witnessing to somebody, say, go ahead and play Russian roulette with your eternity. But I'm going with the one who said he's been there. And so what I, why I said that is when they get to heaven and they stand before God, what are they going to say? You know what they're going to say? I wish I'd have been on your team. Those same brothers that said, oh, your disciples, they're going to want to say ours. But it's going to be too late. How many are on team Jesus this morning? I'm, I'm, say this with me. I'm with Jesus. Amen. I'm with Jesus. I'm standing with him. Amen. I'm not standing with nobody else. I'm standing with Jesus. And I want people to know who he is. Watch what it says in verse 5. For even his brothers did not, shout it out. Even his brothers did not believe in him. So what's the greatest work? What's the greatest miracle? Go to Mark 2 to close. What's the greatest work? What's the greatest miracle? That I, a human being, that's flesh and not in any way deity like Jesus was, can do something greater than Jesus did. How many are catching this? I and you, human beings, flesh and blood, sinners that need a Savior, can do something that God himself could not do on the earth which was get people to believe in him. It is a miracle. It is a miracle when somebody gets saved. It's a miracle. It's the greatest miracle. Because we are being used by the God of the universe to persuade somebody to believe in Jesus. It's amazing. And if you'll ever get Somebody saved. Because I'm not trying to be mean. There's, there might be some people in here you've never led someone to Jesus yourself personally. There is no drug on this earth. There is no high on this earth. There is no money in this earth. There is no fame on this earth that can compare to the feeling of leading somebody to Jesus. And knowing that you have rescued them and their soul from hell, the Bible says in James. You've literally snatched them out of the flames of hell. And God has used you, a human being, to do it. And Jesus could not persuade the people that he did the miracles for to believe in him. Yet you and I have the power in us to persuade someone to say, I want that, Jesus. I want that. That's a miracle. It is a miracle. Mark 2, we see this story. I'll do it quick. We know it. I won't read it. The four men, I've preached it many times, different angles. They 
bring the guy in from the roof. So packed, I can't get to Jesus. They bring the guy in from the roof. They drop him down. Jesus looks at the man, and it's in verse 5. He says these words. Watch, watch what Jesus shows as the emphasis for what matters. He did not say to the man, what's your condition? He did not say to the man, be healed. He said to the man in verse 5, son, your sins are forgiven you. Jesus was putting an emphasis on what really matters. He understood that, he understood, Jesus understood, if I heal this man, and he gets up and walks out of this place healed, and he doesn't know me, he's going to go right back to his old ways. The Bible says right back to his vomit, like a dog goes back to his vomit, backslid, go right back to his old ways. He'll, he'll, he'll be healed and he'll go into hell. But he said, your sins are forgiven you. Do you realize that we have the power and the authority? Remember when he said to his disciples, go to them and tell them your sins are forgiven? That is a power that God has given us. It's not power we have to forgive. It's the power we have to tell people their sins can be forgiven. Did y'all get that? Sometimes you read something that don't make any sense. How can I tell them that their sins are forgiven? You're not forgiving them. You're telling them their sins are forgiven. You have the power and the authority to tell that person, listen, I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. I don't care where, where you've slept. I don't care what you stole. I don't care what it is. Jesus forgives you. It's the greatest work. And we're able to say that to somebody. and Say, you know what? It doesn't matter what you've done. If you will just repent if you'll just be sorry. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned. All have sinned. How many know that's you and me? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All. That includes everybody. But we live in a system. Now watch this. Don't think just because you're in this church and you're a Christian that you're exempt from this. But many religions around the world are trying to get to God through works. Lots of Christians fall into this. We're not doing this 21-day fast for Jesus to love us more. He's not going to love me any more after 21 days than he loved me before I started it. I do it because I want the power of obedience for him to give me a greater anointing to make a greater difference and do greater works. It's not for him to love me more. Because... Because the Bible tells me in Isaiah that my righteousness is like filthy rags. That doesn't mean he doesn't want righteousness. It means that you cannot get to him by works. Every religion in the world, outside of the word of God, I'm not even, this isn't a religion. This is the way, the truth, and the life. Every religion in the world has God up in heaven as this big, majestic, mean person who wants to spank people and bring his wrath down on the world and he says, I am God and you're a little peon. If you can, come up to me. That's the picture that, being real, that's the picture of religion. I'm way up there where you'll never be able to get to me, but try. And religion says, A, B, C, D, E, F, checklist, checklist, checklist. Religion says, do this, do that. Go here, go there. Say this, say that. Sit up, stand down. Sit up, lay down. It's just rules. That's what all religions do. God said, I am God, and I love this world so much that I'm going to come down from heaven and I'm going to come down to where you're at, and I'm going to be just like you, and I'm going to die for you. That's true gospel. Totally different than any religion in the world where God became flesh. And we know that he went to the lowest of the lows of the lows when he went to the manger. So all this religious stuff is not going to get us anywhere. But what will get us somewhere is what we realize what Jesus said to this paralytic, your sins are forgiven you. We realize that we can tell people around the world, listen, I don't care what you've done. I don't care how bound you are on that drug. How many of you, of you that are here right now, you, you, 
Don't lose sight. We've talked about it all the time. Don't lose sight of who you were. Don't forget what you used to do. Don't forget where you used to go. Don't become so spiritual that you don't reach those people anymore. That's what we're called to do. But we're not called to go be like them. We're called to pull them out of darkness into the light. And that is the greatest work that we could lead somebody to Jesus. Amen? Y'all still here? You getting this? It'll change your life when you begin to realize, I can do greater works than Jesus himself. Because now the Bible says he's at the right hand of the Father cheering us on. That's just a different way of saying interceding for us. He's up there cheering us on. He's up there saying, Blake, speak to that person. I'm right here. I'll, I'll work on them. You speak. Holy Spirit saying, just open your mouth. I'll do the work. I can't change anybody anyways, but if you'll just obey, if you'll just put that Jesus card in the hand and say, Jesus loves you, if you'll just help them on the side of the road, not, for, not so I love you more, but so that they'll know I love them. See, we get religion all twisted. We don't do it so, so God will love us more. It's funny, we're, we're serving that person, think, oh God, look, look what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing. But that's not why we should be doing it. We should be doing it so this person looks up to God. So that person says, man, there is a God. There is a God that loves me. We're that vessel. So we have to understand this morning, the greatest work is salvation. And it's in us. The hope of glory is in us. And we have to leave this place with the mandate every service, every day. We have to go into the world and preach the gospel to all nations. Because I always tell you this, and I'll remind you again. Whatever testimony you have, whatever you've been delivered from, some of you, here's the best, here's the best testimony that you've never done drugs, never drank alcohol, waited until marriage for sex, never done any, that's the best testimony. The only problem is it still makes you religious. You still need Jesus. You need to be saved from your religion. There's nothing that, that's still the best testimony. But what, whether that's your testimony, that you've been raised in church, which is awesome or you've been a murderer, whatever it is, you need to realize somebody outside these four walls is just like me, and they need Jesus. And I'm the one that's got to get them to it. I'm the one. Do you realize this morning as we close that there are some people in this place, sorry, in this world, that only you can reach? Nobody else. Your name is on their soul. You're the person. Your soul and their souls are intertwined. I could talk to them all day long. How many have ever realized that? Why do we say, man, I just, what's, what's, a, what's our biggest prayer a lot of times for somebody? Lord, please send someone to them that can reach them. Isn't that our biggest prayer? Well, as we're praying that, we need to remember we might be the one that's supposed to be going. Someone's praying for us to reach that person that no one else could reach. I don't know how it is or what it is. It's just your personality. It's how you treat people or whatever. I don't know, what, but there's a way that you're going to reach that person that no one else can reach. I can reach people you can't reach. But the greatest work, church, is salvation. And that this world would know that Jesus Christ came. So he says there in that story, they start saying, oh, who are you to say that sins are forgiven? Who are you? And so they're doubting him. They're angry at him. They're bl he's blaspheming. I says, okay, you hard-headed people. I'm trying to teach you that what matters is salvation. Get up and walk. Guy gets up. He says, what's easier? To say for someone to walk or that their sins are forgiven? He's saying it's easier for someone to walk. So what's the greater work? salvation what's the harder work salvation what's the greater miracle that somebody would listen to me and want the Jesus that I have it's a miracle father I pray this morning that what you show me will, will get into this church get into every man and woman here father I pray that out of this would come great fruit God there there's no promise of tomorrow we don't know what tomorrow holds. 
Being good is not enough. I, I, I don't know who I'm saying that for this morning. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Being good is not enough. We should be good. We should be moral. We should be giving. We should be charitable. We should be loving. There's going to be a lot of good people in hell. Me and Dwayne were talking about this after the first service. That's why the Bible says in Matthew 7, Lord, Lord, didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we lay our hands on the sick and they recover? And what do he say to those people? I don't know who you are. Why would that be? Because they didn't do the greater work. The greatest work is that someone would say, Jesus, I need a Savior. Jesus, I'm a sinner. As Romans 3 says, I all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But then Romans 6 says, but the gift of God is eternal life. Or the, sorry, the wages of my sin is, is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. God's speaking to some people this morning. He's talking to your heart this morning. He's, he's ministering to you because he loves you so much. And he's using me as an oracle. He's using that person next to you to pray for you. He's speaking to you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, son, daughter, I love you. Believe on me. Believe on me. And I will change your life. I will give you a new direction. How many in this place, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, all across this place, would say to me this morning, Pastor, would you remember me in prayer? I'd, I, I don't know where I'd spend eternity this morning if I passed into it. I don't know where I'd go if I died this morning. Would you just lift your hand, let me see it, put it back down, and say, oh, pray for me this morning. I'm not saved. I don't know where I'd spend eternity. God bless you, young man. How many more? That's me. I'm not saved this morning. Listen, I'm not asking you if you're a member of a church. There's going to be no church names in heaven. There's going to be no denominations in heaven. There's only going to be people who said, I believe in the blood that was shed on the cross for my sins on the cross, on the cross. Paul said, I preach nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. You can put your hand down, sir. How many more? I'm going to wait just a moment. Amen. If we did this service for one person, if this church has been open for 10 years for one person to get saved, it's worth it all. Maybe you're here this morning and at some point in your life, you made Jesus Lord, you, you believed on him, you accepted him, but, but today you're, you're backslidden. You've, you've turned away, you've, maybe something's happened, maybe church has happened to you. Maybe some, some, some bad examples have been in your life. I talked to someone at the concert last night and said, oh, I don't like church. She said, it's full of hypocrites. And I said, yeah, especially when you walk into it. That's the truth. And I told her, have you ever been to a restaurant you didn't like? Did you ever get bad food? She said, yeah. And I said, did you stop going to restaurants? She said, no. Maybe you've been hurt by somebody. Lots of people have been hurt. God loves you. God won't hurt you. God's a good God. Maybe you're here and you need to say, today's the day I'm coming back to my first love. I'm coming home. If that's you, just lift your hand. Amen. I see your hand in the back. God bless you. I'm coming home. I'm going to get right today. I'm, I don't know what tomorrow holds. Today's my day. Let's stand to our feet this morning, if you would. Just, just stay in reverence. I really feel the presence of the Lord here. God is here. God is here. Remember, it is a miracle when the Holy... This is One of the things this has done for me is it's changed my perspective on how amazing it is when somebody gets saved. I, I think I've taken it for granted over the years to see people raise their hand and come to the Lord. I've never realized I'm doing greater works than Jesus did. Don't you think Jesus would have loved to have done a crusade where people got saved? Do you realize that the stuff he did was healings? spirits being cast out but he didn't see the he didn't see the stuff we're seeing today do you realize that Jesus only traveled about 200 miles I just went on a trip that was 15,000 miles I just did a greater work than Jesus in one trip I went further than he ever went with the gospel are you following me 
He was confined to that one little area. How did the gospel get to us today? By greater works. By people saying, I'm going to go out and preach the gospel. And they went from out of Judea and Samaria into the whole world. And here we are, thousands and thousands of miles from Judea and Samaria. And the gospel is being preached. It's a miracle. If you raised your hand this morning, we're going to change focus in just a second and just spend a couple minutes to, in worship and praise. We believe in the altar still. We believe this is a place where you make decisions. But if you raise your hand this morning for salvation or reconciliation, I want to ask you to do one more thing. I want to ask you to step out of your seat and come down here and pray with me this morning. The reason I ask that is the Bible says, if you'll confess me before man, I'll confess you before my Father. If you deny me before man, I'll deny you before my Father that's in heaven. So just come on down, sir. Amen. Come on down, ma'am. In the back, you raise your hand. Just come. Amen. Someone's going to come stand with you. Amen. I'm, let's, just, let's just wait. Amen. Come on. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Amen. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you know today's the day you need to come and, and get life right with God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. This is not for embarrassment say, why do you got to come down? And, I don't even know these people. If you can't come stand in a church and say, I, I want to live for Jesus, there's no way you're going to do it outside these four walls. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you get, get a little boldness. I wish I had a microphone at Texas Stadium. I wish I could talk to 50,000 people at one time. I wish I had that opportunity. I want people to know Jesus. Be ashamed of Jesus. Amen. Don't be ashamed of him. Don't be like his. You know, his to his own disciples went back to fishing. They saw him resurrected. They saw him. Or sorry, they saw him in the tomb. They heard his words. And, and as soon as they laid him in the grave, psh, back to fishing. And even Thomas said, after all of his disciple friends said, We've seen him, he said, I won't believe unless I touch him miracle when somebody believes in a God they cannot see. But how many know when God reveals himself, he's more evident than anything we can see? Has anybody in here been changed by God? Anybody been delivered, set free, transformed by the power of the living God? We're going to say a prayer. All of us together, if you just bow your heads and close your eyes, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the miracle of salvation. I know this morning, according to your word, that I'm a sinner and I need a savior. I know I'm not worthy of forgiveness. I know I need help and you're the helper. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. You rose from the dead and conquered death hell and the grave and I believe you rose from the dead I confess with my mouth Jesus is Lord Jesus right now I ask you to come into my life write my name in the Lamb's book of life forgive me for all of my sins make me a new creation in Jesus name Amen Amen. Let's give the Lord another praise this morning. Amen. I, I don't do this a lot. Anybody that knows me knows the truth. I don't do this a lot, but I feel led to do it. I don't want to leave anybody out. I feel, I feel like his presence is really here. There's plenty of room. We make room on purpose. Unless you can't and you're not physically able.